This is a Soulfire production. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited about today's conversation because it is with the CEO of Organifi, May Steigler. You guys know I have been obsessed with Organifi for years. I always joke that I bleed Organifi. I feel like my whole diet is Organifi. I use literally all of their products. They taste amazing. I actually feel the results. I feel noticeably different and better. Every product is targeted to support you with a different health goal or concern but I really do feel the difference. That's why I <laughs> use these products consistently and talk about them so much. And if you come to my house, you you know I'm not messing around. I have an entire cupboard filled with a lifetime of Organifi supply just in case anything happens with the internet. <laughs> I am I'm serious. And quality here, this is what's so important. People ask me all the time about different supplements and product lines, brands, And quality is everything. You guys know how intentional I am with everything I put in my body. Everything from Organifi is either certified organic or glyphosate residue-free certified. They have the highest quality standards, huge focus on sustainability, and you just really want to be careful with sourcing. And also when we look at different products that include ingredients like adaptogens, how much is really in there? Is there enough to actually do anything? They taste amazing. They work. And I'm somebody who definitely has supplement fatigue, so I really appreciate everything being in a delicious beverage form. We all know I love my beverages, super high quality, but also the energetic component. And we talk about this in the episode, but just the energetics behind all the products I use is so important to me. And it really goes into my lifestyle and keeping my channel clear and keeping my frequency high and keeping my energy body balanced and aligned. What I put into my body, onto my body, the products I consume every day are a huge component of that. You guys know I have a really big emphasis on the physical vessel, you know, and I think my background as a holistic nutritionist before being in the health and wellness space has really given me a different lens on supporting our physical vessels from a spiritual perspective. And I feel like especially now more than ever before, as we're going through so many shifts in terms of physical ascension and frequency upgrades and feeling in our bodies, whether that is through different health issues, physical health issues, or feeling your mental health shift a bit, a lot more anxiety. Like we are really becoming more and more sensitive and our bodies are speaking to us. Being really intentional with the products that we consume, the food that we consume, how we're supporting our physical vessels is going to be huge to support us to getting to this next level. And I know a lot more people are becoming sensitive to that more than ever before. So this is a huge part of me doing what I do, the way I eat, the supplements I take, the quality of everything I put in my body is super important to me. And I know a lot of you feel the same. So there are so many reasons why I love Organifi and have worked with this company for years. So I was really excited to dive in with May today, not only because I love the products, but also just from a business perspective. You know, I love to learn about different companies and businesses, the roadblocks they faced and how they're overcoming them, what's been really working for them, how they have pivoted amidst changing times. Because Organifi is not only the maker of premium, great tasting, adaptogenic blends, but it's also a super successful company. And not just in financial growth and reach, but also in terms of culture as well. Organifi has been awarded one of Forbes' great places to work for the last three years. So I wanted to ask May about culture, her role as a CEO, what that really looks like, staying aligned with the mission, even 
when you get caught up with the day-to-day stuff because I've seen that emphasis on culture firsthand. And it's so interesting. I always say, because I know so many people who work for Organifi and I always joke, I'm like, I feel like if somebody works for Organifi, I just know that I'm going to be friends with them. (laughs) Like, I just know we'll get along. I know we will be like-minded. So we talk a lot about how they build that into the company culture in this episode as well. It was so much fun chatting with May. She is a wealth of knowledge and just such, such a sweet, incredible human. And we were joking that it's wild. Today was the first time we actually talked because we've heard about each other so many times because I I have so many Organifi connections personally. So it was nice to actually sit down and, and dive in with her. And I just love and appreciate her energy so, so much. I know you guys will as well. So we dive into products. We talk about shifting habits, work-life balance, business things, all the fun stuff. We're also running a fun giveaway. It's going to be posted on my Instagram feed, so you can go there to check it out. But we are giving away green, harmony, and gold to one lucky winner. So all of the information will be on my Instagram post. So check it out. And as always, you know, you know the deal. If you want to check out any of Organifi's products, stock up. You can use my code CTC for 20% off and you just go to Organifi.com slash CTC. So O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash CTC and that will get you 20% off. So if you've ever wondered what goes on behind the scenes at a company like Organifi, what goes into building a company like this, creating products like this, then you are going to love this episode. So let's dive into it. Enjoy this conversation with the CEO of Organifi, May Steigler. I am so excited to announce that my next book, Pain, Love, and Purpose, is releasing on 11-11-2022, the best way to celebrate my favorite day of the year. This is truly unlike anything I have ever released before, and I can't wait to see how you like it. It's a collection of poetry, and all of the poems in this book are about either pain, love, or purpose. They detail different experiences, emotions, and relationships from my own life, a lot of the moments that made me who I am. And it's through exploring these different experiences that the poems really tell a story of how we can find wisdom within our emotions, how we can alchemize our emotions, how we can heal from difficult experiences to become the most empowered versions of ourselves and ultimately how sometimes it's pain that cracks us open enough to feel the things we need to feel and face the truths that we need to face so that we can reconnect with deeper love in our own lives and discover what purpose really means for us. Book launches are certainly a community effort and that is why I appreciate your support so much. And if you are wondering what the best way is to support me in this launch, it is to purchase the book the day of release on 11.11. It will be available on Amazon. I will send out the links. And for anybody who does purchase day of launch, you will receive a ticket to a live virtual reading event where I am going to read a selection of poems from the book and dive deeper into the stories behind them, as well as my book writing process. Mark it on your calendar to purchase 1111. You can also sign up to get notified so that you don't have to remember on your own about when the book releases and bonuses that are available. You can go to painloveandpurpose.com and you'll find all of the information there. So I like to start every podcast with a couple of quick questions that help my audience get to know you. Are you ready? 
I'm ready. <laughs> right in. All I'm right. Ready. We're jumping cool. in. So first thing is, how do you like to start your day? What's your morning ritual? What's your morning routine? Oh, it's like one of my favorite things to talk about too. And it's always, um, it is really dynamic. So I will say I have not had a set routine kind of ever, but I've always had a routine. So uh, currently, and this is a, a longstanding one, my favorite routine right now that's serving me and also my favorite ritual right now that's serving me is um, a brief kind of time in the morning by myself. Typically my husband meditates and I will go stretch. And typically when I'm doing that, I'm kind of, um, I'm getting my mindset right. So I'm setting an intention for the day and it's a really basic stretching routine. It's one sun salutation uh, and a world's best stretch is a hip opener um, and uh, a set of pushups and squats. So like really, really basic, nothing advanced. I used to do a lot more in the morning and, and um, I really reduced that to like, Hey, a five minute, nice movement uh, stretching pattern that helps me also set my intention for the day. So that's like first thing. And then in the morning, I have a really, really beautiful routine uh, with breakfast and coffee. And we start with miso before coffee. My husband's only making coffee. I'm only starting breakfast and we'll have a, a bowl of hot miso with some arugula. And that's a really nice way to kind of support our adrenals in the morning. And so that the morning ritual really looks like spending time uh, together, my husband before he goes to work and um, setting my own intentions for work and the day ahead. And so those kind of two parts, first a personal one and then a together one are really how I start my day right now. I love that so much. So I haven't heard this miso thing before. I'm curious about <laughs> it's, it's, this. It's always an eye catcher when I talk about this. I love that. It's actually, um, we, we went on a trip maybe three years ago with two of our friends to Tahoe and they are... Um, really intentionally plant-based. She's a breast cancer survivor. So our friends, Jackie and Chris, they have been plant-based for years and that's been a really beautiful way for them to elevate their health. And they do miso every morning. And so when we were up in Tahoe, it was kind of mid winter. And so it was really nice to have this warm cup of miso and they were doing it because uh, digestionally it supports just kind of setting uh, a nourishing start to your day before you may put caffeine or more acidic foods into your body. And it was like remineralizing and supporting the adrenals. And we kept it. So we came home and we like love that routine and ritual and still give them lots of credit for introducing it to us. But I've used it as a pre-coffee uh, just to support my adrenals as we've gone through periods of higher stress. It's been a really nice way to have a little bit of something in my stomach before I uh, really enjoy a cup of coffee. <laughs> I love that so much. It's so simple too. And I'm surprised I haven't heard that before. <laughs> like it's, it's, I feel like I always end up explaining it a little yeah. bit. Podcast, so um, yeah, I, I, I feel I'm, like in all the adrenal talk everywhere, like, you know, I've been deep in the health space for a long time. Like I I'm surprised I've never heard someone say that. So I love that. And today there's some really cool options. We do like a chickpea miso, or there's um, there's a couple brands out there that make, you know, non-GMO non-soy or like soy alternative misos that are so good. It's a really good brand. We love Miso Master. And then I think it's called South River um, that makes a chickpea. There's like a azuki bean one, some really cool like fermented goodness. So we, we totally love it. And we put a little arugula in there. Originally we put like, we made it like the classic Miso you get in a Japanese restaurant. And it was obviously like not necessary. We put like 
I diced up um, green onions in there. And then I realized like, mm, do we need this? Probably not. But we love yeah. a little bit of greens in there. So arugula like melts up really nicely in the in the warm miso in the morning. And we just have like a automatic, you know, tea kettle. So it's really fast and easy. And you just do a little scoop of miso in a little bowl. And we do like a, a coffee mug when we're traveling otherwise, but like so simple, so easy and really supportive of, of course, yes, adrenals uh, for just nourishing uh, and also replenishing sodium in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to coffee. And again, in our household, coffee is sacred. My husband roasts his own coffee. Like we absolutely love coffee and ensuring that that was really sustainable for us and supportive of our health is something that, yeah, really intentionally keep balanced. That's so helpful. Cause I think, I feel like everybody's looking for that. They're like, I want to keep my coffee in. And so how do I make this work? Uh, So I totally get it. Let me ask you, since your husband seems to sounds like a connoisseur. He is, he is quite a connoisseur of food, food and the like. Yeah, I I love that. So what is, do you drink your coffee black or what's your, what's your coffee situation? Just black. Just black. Yeah. Cause normally we're, we're sourcing green beans. So prior to roasting the green beans from certain regions, and we really want to taste the tasting notes, just Mm -hmm. like, you know, a great glass of wine or a fine whiskey or something like we're actually trying to taste the nuances. And if you put something in it, it's really hard to taste. Mm-hmm. I will say I love like a coconut creamer or um, hydrating creamer with a coffee that isn't high quality. Then and like if I'm not tasting yeah. anything except kind of like burnt coffee, I'll definitely put something in it. And uh, that's what I'll use like maybe a, when we made a creamer last year, I loved using it for that when we were traveling and we weren't necessarily drinking like our favorite kind of coffee. Or when I go home to visit my parents, my dad likes a really dark roast and you can't taste anything. Like there's no flavor notes besides like one. (laughs) And it's just kind of like a, you know, overly roasted coffee is what it tastes like to me. So uh, totally a a preference and and I have no judgment on either side. So, uh, you know, it just depends on why you're drinking coffee and, you know, what you're looking for. The same as wine, you know, the same as, you know. I totally get that. I feel the same. I also feel that way about chocolate. Like, like I need, <laughs> I need it. I need a hundred percent dark so I can taste the notes, right? If it's high quality, but if it's if it's shitty, then I don't, I don't, I can get you know seventy. <laughs> Give me yeah. some sweetener. <laughs> exactly. And, and part of our speaking of rituals, part of our evening ritual is like a little bit of dark chocolate. Normally, we're looking for eighty five percent or above cacao, mm-hmm. um, and really looking for a great quality dark chocolate that even has maybe the region called out the same the same thing we see in like, you know, coffee, we're looking for the tasting notes in the chocolate. And it's totally, we always think it's like, you know, kind of a, something we really enjoy mainly because it just enriches the experience for us. And we know it's like super nerdy and into food, but we love that stuff. So we feel great about it. Um, but, and also I'm, don't expect everyone to love that, you know, it's like, Hey, this is yeah. what we do. Um, we have a little bit of chocolate every night with our gold, the Organifi gold mm-hmm. for sleep, but that's our evening ritual. So anyways, we have, and I think, you know, I, I always end up talking about my lifestyle with my husband and kind of the, our, our lifestyle together, mainly because we have those two really strong bookends because we have really full, really busy days where even if he comes home during the day, because luckily he, he works close and he can come home. I don't see him because I'm, I'm working, you know, back in our back office here. So it's really nice to have those strong kind of bookends. Yeah. Bookends to the day uh, together to get that kind of quality time. Otherwise, I mean, I can imagine it's so hard to connect there's not a lot of time together if you're living with a significant other or a partner um, without having those bookends to some degree shared. So for me, I find it really important. Yeah. Well, and I think I love that, that morning and evening, those rituals are simple. And a lot of people, I think in their heads 
feel like it has to be this big ordeal or like a huge amount of time. And just like that little time of connection, I think is, is so important. So I love that. And for two kind of key reasons too, today, especially, but even when, um, when we first started our relationship, having those kind of boundaries for what we were both agreeing to as our working day, because we've always been entrepreneurs. We've also, you know, run our own businesses. That's been a really slippery slope, um, Uh where before I was in this relationship, just even when we were dating, it was um, very hard to know when work stopped. And now, you know, I mean, my gosh, 10 years later. Uh, so different today, so much harder today to know when work stops because it's, you know, kind of everywhere with you with your phone or tablets or whatever devices. So I think even more important to really leverage the architecting of your day, Um, you know, for anyone listening, like looking at what is it going to need to look like or how could it support the boundaries to your work and life, you know, and, and making sure that, you know, ideally leveraging, you know, partners or friends for accountability or family for accountability to, you know, kind of transition out of work so that it doesn't just bleed into everything. We have a lot of friends who have a hard time with that. And I I think um, that's been such an important part of our morning and evening rituals. It creates the container to actually have a lifestyle (laughs) together Mm -hmm. that, um, and and I think second to that, so leveraging the boundaries um, of your day by the, by the morning and evening ritual to help. And then second is really looking at, um, I actually totally forgot. What I was just going to say there. <laughs> <laughs> well, then maybe um, you didn't need to say it. <laughs> no, maybe I didn't. Maybe I nailed it. What? <laughs> you nailed it. What was the second point? It, it'll come up. I totally forgot though. It gets gone. It'll yeah. come back if it's supposed to, because I, I want to dive more into that in later in the episode. But I mean, that's like why I asked that question. I am obsessed with learning about people's morning routines and their evening routines, because I'm a big believer that that just completely changes your life. Like if you change the first like 10 minutes in the last 10 minutes of your day, your whole life can change. Uh, and so to me, it seems like such a simple question, but it's really pivotal. And I think, you know, talking to so many very successful people and looking at when I say successful, I mean, like grounded, (laughs) you know, I mean, like, like loving life, right. Uh, because there are lots of people I know who are financially successful, who are running around in this really chaotic energy, right. Not getting enough sleep. And it's like, well, then what's the point? It's not ideal for me. Right. Um, and people who keep their sanity and like actually create balance, I find are very precise with their morning and evening routines in terms of just intentionality, you know? So that's why I think that's so important. And I think beautifully said it's, it's our ability to show up present in the life that we are creating. That is truly, I think, a beautiful definition of success because regardless, and when I was a personal trainer, I saw this a lot. Um, or when I was working with people's health, I had many clients that were very successful on paper and had so much to um, that they wanted to improve based on their health and their ability to enjoy what they'd even built and you know uh, their lifestyle that they made possible maybe financially or you name it. So I think so so well spoken and and yeah, it's a great question. I did remember the second part, which was just making it dynamic. <laughs> so part two yeah. was uh, ensuring that you're consistently asking like, hey, is this serving me? Um, and not necessarily changing it all the time, but being open to changing it when you're clear that, you know, you need to simplify it or, you know, for this season, whether it's literally the season of the year or this season in your life, it needs to be adjusted and to ensure that it keeps serving you, um, to live most presently, um, you know, be able to sleep well, all the basics. 
so yeah, so, so well-spoken. That was the first question I realized that we're still on. So that was my long, long it's answer. It's great. I love it. Well, this one will be fast. This one will be fast. Next is, you already, you already dropped some good ones. Um, what's a product you're really loving right now? And I'll, I'll let you go wherever you want with that. Because <laughs> I only had like six clarifying <laughs> questions. So uh, being the CEO of Organifi, I have some really key products that I love. So first, maybe before we get into those, I will say right now, I'm really enjoying some lion's mane. So I'm supplementing with lion's mane outside of our products, same source that we use in our products, a beautiful company, um, Namex, who we source our mushrooms from incredible, like wild forged mushrooms. Beautiful. I'm loving uh, taking a um, additionally high dose of that lion's mane in capsule form. And just, I'm really liking it for two reasons. One Sometimes I have a hard time sitting in this chair for very long when I'm working of, um, you know, uh, the, the impossible task of finishing a list that never ends of things to do in my seat. And sometimes I like starting more than I like finishing. And actually I'll say, instead of sometimes all the time, I like starting instead of finishing. I'm more of a catalyzer than uh, a finisher. So I love to skip between tasks. So this lion's means really help me focus more and above than typical. So I love that. And I also love it before I go play pickleball. So I love um, getting a little additional focusing, especially when I have so much on my mind to become present to the game and really, I believe, watch the ball and increase my reaction speed. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. <laughs> Did you want to name drop any top Organifi products? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my favorite Organifi products right now, my, my two products that I combine together are green juice and our harmony. And I do that for more of like my women's uh, cycle, like my um, hormone balancing, they both have incredibly powerful adaptogens. So together, I love them. I'll describe them separately, but I actually combine them in cold water together, which is very unconventional. So I'll talk about that as well, but that's my, um, my first Organifi product kind of combo, my product stack that I take in the morning. And I'll take the green juice for the cortisol, the stress-reducing, stress-balancing, adaptogenic clinical dose of ashwagandha in there, like powerhouse, incredible product. And I take the harmony for the shatavari and the maca balancing. So similar to balance my uh, hormones as a woman. So very, very nice combination together is like delicious. And I'm not like a mint chocolate person, but I love this mint chocolate. So if you like mint chocolate, you're going to like go bananas over this. I've never tried that. I need to try it. You guys, I feel like, I feel like y'all need to do some type of series on social (laughs) where everybody in the company shares their like secret combo, because every time I talk to, I'm serious. Every time I talk to an employee, like Lisa, I I got lunch with Lisa and she was saying, what was she saying? Like golden green or something, something, something. I was like, what? We all, we all stack them in like totally different ways. If you'd asked me a month ago, I would have said pure and red because I typically use that pre-workout. So that's my favorite. Uh And pure has the clinical dose of the um, coffee berry for actually Uh reaction speed increasing and like really supportive cognitive function. So that's a, a standard product that I love and combine it with red and they're so good together. So red for like endurance energy with the cordyceps, Uh And also with um, the beats for circulation. So great pre-workout combo for that one. Um, And the other one's just like my morning harmony and green juice, like hands down. I got to try all the combos. That's a really good idea about the social, um, (laughs) even like a reel where we just like, because all of us definitely combine them very differently and for very specific reasons, which is kind of fun. 
Yeah. And I would, I would never think to do that. I think I'm also like a little, I'm like scared to like <laughs> try. <Yeah>. So <laughs> like that, that's the beauty of yeah the, the products in general. And just like quick plug them having adaptogens in them are, are one, like why they can work at any time during the day. We often promote a normally like a habit cue. So in the morning, it's great to reset cortisol levels, uh, support with circadian rhythm and, you know, starts first thing in the morning anyways. Um, so you might as well do that upon waking. Um, but there really isn't like a downside to taking like ashwagandha is great at night too. So the mm-hmm. green juice isn't going to hurt in the evening different than, and I think always importantly, if we contrast adaptogens, which are basically like, you know, um, dynamic superfoods <laughs> that work with your body's natural hormonal rhythms. If we contrast that to stimulants and stimulants just have an impact. Like if you take a caffeine pill, maybe coffee, but if you take a caffeine pill or, um, if you take, uh, an Excedrin, right or something, um, a pharmaceutical, it has a direct impact regardless of the state your body's in. So it does not work with your body. It works on your body or in some ways, and unfortunately against your body. And so that's why it's so cool to know that one, you can definitely blend all the products. It's very hard to take too much of them because um, there isn't necessarily an issue there. Your body's going to be able to use that nutrient and adapt to it really, really well. So really like a much more flexible relationship with a supplement as it's adaptogenic versus a stimulant or, you know, um, uh, I guess like a, a suppressant or a stimulant, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, and I will say I, I was never a coffee drinker and then I became a coffee drinker like a year and a half ago or so. Because, a new one, my God. Because uh, <laughs> Megan Linquist. Yeah, and I, but then uh, maybe like three or four weeks ago, I quit again. Like I'm just like going off it for a bit to rebalance things and Organifi products have like made it so easy. You know, and I think that that's one of the things like if, if anybody listening, you know, if you don't want to add more caffeine or if you don't want to use caffeine, like for me, it just gives me that natural energy boost without any of the addiction stuff or, and I'm a slow caffeine metabolizer, right? So I don't have to deal okay. with all of that. You can um, like take a nap after you have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I will just say that too. That's what I love about all the adaptogens in it. There are a couple of things there. And I love yeah. that. It's, it's I think, um. Uh, one, you were introduced in, in the proper way with, with Megan and, and Shane. Yeah. <laughs> Such good quality and like good intentionality with, with caffeine. And I think, you know, it's the most widely used drug technically in, in modern day. So most people drink coffee and I, it's a really interesting time to start looking at. And I think so much more relevant to and common today to look at how is my um, interaction or relationship with caffeine? Is this supporting me or am I more and more stressed and or out of balance because of this? Um, So yeah, I think there's some really, I know we've got some really exciting products in the works to help with this in particular, but, and even now with our current products, just nourishing your cells when you wake up in the morning, hydrating and nourishing with high quality you know, toxin-free, um, organic, glyphosate residue-free uh, ingredients can really, really support a lot of those cravings for caffeine and a lot of the addictive nature with caffeine. Um, so really cool that you've been able to balance that. I think when we originally launched Green Juice, a lot of people used it as a coffee, um, kind of to come off of that coffee routine. And the second part to this is really recognizing how important it is to, as you look at changing a habit, add something in. Um, we always used to call them like upgrades when we worked with our, our customer base a lot. 
And with client groups and coaching groups, we would focus on as you remove something, making sure that you're adding something in that's healthier and or the, um, you know, desired alternative. Otherwise, you end up with these spaces that you typically have a craving cue or a, a habit, you know, trigger that is much harder to make change in and much less enjoyable. So super smart to swap it out with something as you made that change and make it a lot more easy, a lot more enjoyable. So especially, you know, if, if listeners are thinking about changing habits, looking at how you focus on upgrading and like looking at the exact spot that you're making a change in to give your body something to at least look forward to, or, um, to add in with more intention potentially. Yeah. I love that. I was just, uh, yeah, I was just saying that last night on a, on a group call, like, cause I believe the same thing with, uh, like beliefs. And we're talking about just, you know, reprogramming the brain. And I'm like, don't just, I was just like the break right here is if you're saying, I don't want to think that way or any, anymore, or like, I'm taking that belief out. And I'm like, you have to put the new program in. you can't just like clear the computer program and then not put in the one you want. Cause then a virus could get in and then you're just going to have the same issue, right? Like you need to like be intentional. Of you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like you need to get, you, get, you need to get the, <laughs> the new program. Cause it, it is so true. And I think I'm a, I'm a big fan of crowding out, like, like mm-hmm. just add in all the things you do desire. And then all of the extra stuff just kind of finds its way out. <laughs> There's no space for it. Yeah. It's, exactly. it's, um, you're totally right. It's the same, you know, physically or non-physically, right. So, um, metaphysically, right. All of that is the same actual uh, methodology for upgrading or improving you need to have the positive or or beneficial thing to focus on whether that's Mm -hmm. you know adding in more greens on your plate so there's less room for stuff you don't like as as fundamental as nutrition right hey Mm -hmm. fill your plate with good things so the bad things don't have space you can also think of your like mental space as a plate and what are you you know adding in there to remove the space for the negative things such an interesting perspective too, as, as even looking at, um, habit architecture around change psychology and looking at if you're, if you're hoping to change the way you think, or, you know, change the, your reality, you first need to focus on your thought patterns, your beliefs, the internal language, and to your point, exactly swapping it out and upgrading it and having something to instead focus on, you know, our minds are, are only as powerful as we're able to focus them. 100%. Do you know uh, your human design? I do. I'm a projector. You're a projector. <laughs> yeah, do you know your profile? Um, I probably have it right here. The numbers? I, like, absolutely love it. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Um, I was really fascinated by that. And just fascinated by, um, and I think like there's no right, you know, kind of assessment, whether it's like Enneagram or kind of whatever, whatever tool you use to build mm-hmm. more self-awareness. But it's, I think, such a beautiful filter to, recognize where you have strengths, right. And where you have areas that either you want to work on and, or like find better support around. Right. And like, you know, I think it's such a, such a cool tool. So let me see if I've got it right here really easily, but otherwise I know I'm a projector and I can give you my, what are you while, while I'm looking this up? I'm a, I'm here. a two, four generator. Wow. Okay. We could have some fun conversations <laughs> together and then design. I don't know about my numbers. Um, oh, I'm a three, six. Oh, you're a three, six. Okay. That makes so much sense. There we go. Yeah. The three is all about trial and error experimentation. Like the, the people like in, in both and the six has the three in it. So when you're a six line, the first 30 years of your life are about being a three. So like you're here to do the experimentation and uh, try on all the things and we learn from you. Right. And then the six is the, the natural leader. It's the role model. So 
like sixes are just people who you can just tell they're wise uh, and you really reach your peak when you're 50, like 50 and on. So you've integrated all the wisdom. Uh, so I, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Love that for you. What about your astrology? I'm a Taurus. So I'm a Taurus. sun rising in our sun in uh, Aries though. So strong Aries. And then um, our, our household is very Taurus oriented. My husband's a double Taurus and I am a um, Taurus Aries. Are you a Taurus rising or a Taurus moon? I'm a Taurus moon. Aries oh, okay. rising. oh, then what's your sun? Oh no. Now I'm wondering. Um, no, it's all right. I'll have to come back to it. We'll figure it out. You you, yeah. you got you got two of them. I have those two as well in my big three. I know. I'm like, when's one your birthday? Is, uh, April 25th. Oh, so you're a you're a Taurus. Yeah, you're a Taurus. Taurus. You're a Taurus sun. You're a yeah. Taurus sun sign. Okay, I see. There we go. I'm an Aries sun sign and Taurus rising. Oh, interesting. Okay, so I got some fun there. Yeah, I see that. I love that. I love that. Well, I'm curious like this road to getting to Organifi, you're clearly very knowledgeable and interested in habits and, and personal <laughs> development and bettering yourself. And so was that something that has always been innate within you or was that, where was that developed? So speaking about human design, I feel like I am in intense learning, like just intense learning. Uh, and I'm um, a lot of my core values are related to curiosity and growth and growth. I relate to like learning, right? So building self-awareness or understanding, um, innately just interested in understanding how things work. And so much of that and my kind of related to Organifi where I got here was in personal training and coaching. So 10 years ago, that's where I met the founder originally drew cannoli. I was personal training and really saw that so much of the obstacles to changing, you know, wasn't actually related to the physical. It wasn't like how much time you spent in the gym. Um, it wasn't even really the, the food you put in your body. It was a combination of those with so much to do with your psychology, so much to do with your perception around what was possible. And so Drew was kind of one of the first people talking about this 10 years ago. So started to work with him in that way, um, built some coaching programs with him really early on, uh, did a lot of group coaching. And so much of that was driven to like basically uh, equip people with the power of juicing. So when you give your body incredible nutrients and when you start looking for the right uh, progress perception, right? So when you start seeing change in the right way, rather than looking at the scale, rather than like the really conventional, very limiting kind of lens on change you can really start to change kind of what you see possible and your belief. So much of it was around mindset that we were coaching. Um, and that was essentially like 10, eight years ago in a, a brand prior to Organifi. So kind of roundabout answering that, answering that question, I've held a lot of roles, kind of all of them since the beginning. I was suddenly employee number one, um, working with Drew and we built Organifi in recognizing there was probably an easier way to address the core obstacle of getting really high quality food in to your diet that tasted amazing. We were teaching like juice recipes and most of the time people got them horribly wrong and they tasted awful. And then it was really hard to actually juice and clean up and do all this stuff. So our kind of launch of the brand was just solving that obstacle and saying, Hey, we're actually going to like, just make this really easy. And let's make the, like the highest quality juice recipe we can. Um, we happened to include adaptogens in it before we even knew that like, this was a thing or going to be a thing. And the space was really empty at the time. But, um, that was kind of how I started with Organifi and Fit Life TV, the brand before. 
And I, since then, I've kind of learned the seats and held every kind of role <laughs> um, in coming to the CEO seat two years ago now. So it's been quite a learning adventure and speaking to like core values and, and human design. I think something that really is uh, nourishing to my soul. I feel like there's so much still left to be figured out in the business and with the team dynamic, love coaching up the team and, and recognizing like how we ultimately achieve the mission and, and connect with our, with our community in a bigger, bigger way, partner with great human beings like yourself and like expand the impact. Um, but it all started from a lot of that idea around how do we help change people's beliefs around what they think is possible for their own health and vitality. Mm. And that's still, even this morning, I was chatting with Drew on the phone and we were talking about the mission and kind of, Hey, you know, how, how are we communicating this and how is it still alive and has it adapted over time? So it's so timely that you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. And prior before that, I was actually in, in the ag industry. So I was in, in kind of big ag, I was at farm level. I was very up close and personal with um, seeing where our food system was failing, essentially, um, recognizing like the overuse of antibiotics and animal health. I, that's why I had studied at school. I'm really into science and my backgrounds in research and development. And I was just like, was kind of shocked, I think, by the contrast. I grew up on an organic farm, 40 acres in Northern California. My parents both live there still. What city? Uh, Willits. It's like north of Santa Rosa. So like oh, okay. up there. Okay. People know I grew up in NorCal. I know where Santa Rosa is. Okay. Yeah. Our, yeah. Hour and a half north of Santa Rosa, which most people are like, it's a little gray up there, you know, it's yeah. way up in the woods. But both my parents are actually down here right now. Uh, so a beautiful reminder. And just, um, it was such a contrast going out into big ag and seeing just really, you know, GMOs were not saving the world at that time. And uh, the overuse antibiotics was really creating a lot of issues in animal health. And it all came down to their diets and why we were actually over medicating was because we were feeding dairy cows corn. And so a lot of my nutritional background was applied there in research and development around early detection of illness, you know, huge kind of story arc around trying to address what I thought was a problem with our food system and animal health, and really recognizing so much of that was actually driven by consumer demand and consumer perception around the quality of food that we put in our bodies. So I got to learn that on the animal, animal science, farm level level, and uh, moved into human nutrition from there and started coaching, personal training, really supporting people, changing uh, their perception around what they put in their bodies and how you can feel you know, so much better when you, when you prioritize putting great high quality things in your body instead of things you're not designed to eat um, or, or ingest well. Uh, and that's where I met Drew. So that was like 10 years ago. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, that that is wild. Um, although you know, sometimes I see I see some of the old like pictures or ads from when you guys started. I'm like, yeah, that was ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, that was twenty twenty five. It's crazy. You know, very very like it feels so long ago and so just yesterday, which is so weird. Yeah. Um, but it's Don't been an incredible learning journey and just growing the team and and building the business and the impact, which has been really fun. And I think you know, speaking again to human design, it's definitely something where it's consistently learning and and being curious to figure things out. So I'm really curious on the business side of things. Like I'm curious because the landscape has changed so much, right? Like in terms of like uh, how people buy, what people buy, marketing, uh, all the crazy stuff with all the different platforms, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And so I, I, I'm really curious, like what was the approach when you guys first started, like what was working? And then I'm curious how that has had to shift and pivot into like what you're finding is, is working for you now. I'll give you some contrast. So yeah. um, <laughs> when we first launched, 
you know, it, you didn't pay to market on Facebook. So just like that's the biggest contrast. Wait, really? <laughs> no, like you could, ads were free. Yeah. So that was 2000, basically when we were fit life TV, it was 2011. <laughs> um, so we were growing a huge community, right? Uh, you could post anything you wanted, you know, um, and the format was so different then. So, um, you know, we had, we had a million person Facebook community before you could pay to grow that. So like it was literally grown, which is so amazing and such a tribute to like the mission and really what Drew had started. How um, did you grow that? Like how, how did you grow that? All content. So, you know, there's over, well, originally there was like 500 videos on YouTube that uh, Drew had been making. So, uh, so much of our strategy was all around content. Um, and, you know, back when YouTube was kind of young in that way, there wasn't a ton of people doing that. And all those videos were posted on Facebook to this community around juicing vegetables. And so it was just an interest-based community and so powerfully um, supported by great content. And Drew was just like basically sharing his experience and learning how to juice and change his health and vitality. So like the things and the call outs there were radical authenticity, um, complete like, um, collapse of, uh, of reality. Right. So he was like just making videos and sharing on the same day. So it was almost like reality TV before that was a thing. And then a lot of that was digital products. So we were selling programs and like membership, um, to learn how to do what drew did. And it was such like a simple, authentic format, uh, really focused on content. We had a membership. It was all around coaching. We did live calls every week. It was so cool. So just like, just a lot of fun in that way. And, and today, and then to contrast, right everything you pay for, <laughs> everything is paid for now. Um, very different mentality makes it a lot harder to have, I think, a, a simple content structure up front, especially for new businesses today. I can't imagine what it would be like to have to like have the kind of faith that we could easily have 10 years ago to be like, oh, you know, this content is good for people. So I'm going to keep sharing it because now you're like, this content's good for people. I'm going to pay a lot to share it. And I hope that people find it valuable. Yeah. <laughs> so very, very different, I would say there. And then something that's the same, which is so cool and evolved is how important partners were in our relationship. So in the very beginning, before FitLife TV, we would partner with companies, um, for instance, Squatty Potty way back in the day, like we had a newsletter that we shared and we would be sharing products that we loved. So we'd always be like, Hey, this is a Squatty Potty for, you know, it first came out, check out this thing, right. The thing in your bathroom now. Um, Or it was like, um, I think it was when Kava first came out, there was like this one hour break company we loved, like just stuff that we'd share with our community that we were enjoying shoes. I think we did one for like new balance or something. We were always sharing products. So we had like partner relationships and always just focus on lifestyle, right? Hey, this is a partner that's helping our lifestyles be this way. If you're interested, here's an introduction, right? So it was always like a really comfortable relationship. When we launched Organifi, we launched with affiliates. And so affiliates in the form of partners were our, like, our, I think, so much to credit to our success in the very beginning. Um, and since then have evolved to partners like you. So podcasters and, and just the ability to actually like speak about what the products mean and the impact they can have from your perspective to your audience is so valuable and still kind of the way we launched originally with affiliates. So it's just evolved to this style of partnerships. So I think kind of giving you both perspectives, right? A lot's changed and a lot has really evolved and just, you know, actually been the same. 
Yeah, I think it's so interesting. And you know, one of the things that I love about Organifi is I feel like you guys are always like up with the times, if that makes sense. Like, like I just feel like that makes me it, feel good. <laughs> it, it, no, I feel like it is it is dynamic and like every like you guys are like on the pulse, I feel like. And a lot of other companies I don't necessarily feel that from. And I have this conversation a lot. I have a lot of friends who are in the CPG space and you know, people who are starting now, people who started 10 years ago. And with the business conversations are fascinating to me because there are a lot of people who started their business 10, 15, 20 years ago who are now trying to like, you know, give advice. And I'm like, but it's a totally different landscape. You know, if somebody's starting a company right now, it's a completely different ballgame. Yeah. And, and to that point, I'm fascinated by actually the translation, right? So it's consistently, it's actually like one of our purposes for the business, which is basically like honoring the past and applying modern, you know, technology. It's like honoring uh, ancient wisdom and applying modern technology. And I think the same approach can be looked at as you look at maybe 10 years ago, what worked, you can honor that and look at the modern day technology suite or even how consumers are purchasing things has changed light years from where it was, you know, 10 years ago. And that's, that's a short amount of time technically, but 10 years ago. And so I think the art and science of business becomes how do you consistently honor what's worked and basically adapt it for the present day, adapt it for the modern landscape that changes by the week right now. Yeah. And so how are you navigating that right now? Like, what do you feel like are some of the biggest roadblocks? And then how are you guys moving through that? I mean, there's a lot of roadblocks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, definitely. I, I think as a, as a really important tool to speak to is having great mentors and advisors. And so we found that it's while knowing our own business well, meaning like knowing what we're here to do well, and that's kind of so much of sometimes what I, I come back to is, hey, my core role is like managing the energy of the team, right? And, and like knowing our our purpose and our mission and like our core business, then it's looking at bringing in the best people to collaborate with, whether it's mentors, um, advisors, and people in the industry to say, you know, looking for early adopters and, and those that are adapting on the curve quickly to say, does this fit, you know, kind of our needs and also our capabilities, I guess. And so I think some of the biggest obstacles actually come down to filtering that, (laughs) in a in a, a real sense right there's so much information and you hear this on like the personal perspective which is like ooh you know as a as an individual there's way too much information right now as a business owner it's the exact same and so really the skill set that's most critical and the obstacle that um i think this supports overcoming is the over information right so in the same way that you hear 10 businesses being successful by doing x y and z it's equally, if not more important to filter that and say, does that fit my business model? Is that something I should do? I think an early example of this is like, hey, when when all businesses got on all social platforms, that was a horrible idea <laughs> because they didn't do half of them well. And so it was like, oh, everyone's on every platform. And the reality is most businesses and many companies failed at all of them. <laughs> and so I think it's so important to have that really tight uh, filtering lens to say, is this for us right now? The same way as individuals, we say, Hey, is this for me right now? Mm, so I obstacles over information way too much. Even if you go on LinkedIn for five minutes, if I'm on there, I'm overwhelmed in like a minute. Hey, there's like 16 examples of like business, you know, direction, strategy, things. Oh, should we be doing that? You know, wondering. And so I think it takes, it requires quite a tight filter. How do you keep that filter so tight? Like what do you anchor into? It's a great question. 
uh, sourcing points of view. So having people that, um, like for me, again, as I said, in the beginning of the call, I'm a, I'm a quick start. I'm a, a preferred catalyzer, a starter. And so keeping people in my corner and collaborating with team members that I know are going to be my no people that are like, Hey, remember last time we did this? Mm. Um, and sometimes I'll need to flex on that side, which I don't enjoy as much, but sometimes part of my role is to be more and more considerate on that side to start. But um, I think it does require sourcing points of view, uh, remembering kind of what the core like engine of your business is to make sure it fits. And then really working with this is the lesson that we keep learning uh, and the obstacle is resourcing, right? So working with our resource teams to say, you know, this is what we want to go after. What is it going to take? You know, what resources, humans, right? So people on the team, their time, their energy, their focus, what's it going to cost, which is time away from other priorities and projects. It's like accepting the pure limitation of time and focus. Um, and as a business owner, understanding that. Yeah, but I, I, I definitely think that that's a key lesson where we're consistently learning and getting better at. And it's interesting and dynamic with the team, right? Because as the team evolves, that also hopefully supports better processes. But it comes down to even as you know, as simple as the core process in the business. You know, what? How do you manage priorities? How do you manage, um, you know, key reporting, whether it's KPIs or objectives mm-hmm. and OKRs or the operating system of the business, which is like super kind of nerdy, but so essential and more important than ever today. Yeah. If you have been looking for a place to take a deep dive into all things intuition, manifestation, brain rewiring, spiritual awakening, and activating miracles in your own life, then the Channel Collective is the place for you. I know it can feel like a lot as you shift into 5D and shed those old layers and start to see things in a new way. You're connecting to who you really are and you might have a lot of questions. You might feel confused or even lonely, but I also know that you have that deep thirst for knowledge and that is why I'm so excited about the Channel Collective membership. This community is a safe, welcoming space to help you explore your spirituality and your unique gifts while connecting with other like-minded people. When you join the membership, you get access to an ever-growing library of hundreds of exclusive videos on all things spirituality, manifestation, intuition, living in 5D, self-healing, and so much more. Plus, you get access to Ascension School, which is a library of exclusive trance-channeled messages from different Ascended Masters so that you can learn from them for yourself. This is where I share my juiciest, most exclusive downloads and things that I've channeled that I don't share with the public. And you get access to ad-free pre-released podcast episodes. We also have monthly Q&A calls where you can ask me anything and connect with other members monthly manifestation calls, and monthly high 70 energy healing group sessions. It's truly everything you need to raise your vibration, manifest the life you want, and really anchor in 5D consciousness. I have created this container as a really powerful way for you to continue to upgrade and raise your frequency so that you can tap into all of your inner magic. This is the membership I wish I had and what I wanted, so... It's really my favorite place to be, and I know that if you love the podcast, if you enjoy my YouTube channel, if you follow me on Instagram, you are going to love this because it is the true deep dive and the most exclusive information. So if you are ready to be expanded, check out the Channel Collective membership. Just head to christinathechannel.com slash membership. All of the information will be there. You can check out the different tiers and get ready to feel expanded and abundant. I can't wait to see you there. 
Well, with that, so what had what have you guys seen shift has shifted with consumer behavior? Like, I'm always curious. Are people going on websites and buying more? Are they buying off Instagram? Are they buying from stores? Like, what are people doing? (laughs) Well, so I'll just speak from our business Mm because I think this is so different depending on, you know, whether you're in the health and beauty category, whether you're, you know, which which type of product you're in. Um, But we really find that our customers are our highest kind of affinity to purchasing is still through partners. So, mm. you know, similar, and it's, it's coming with that dose of credibility, the referral format, right. It's like referral on, on steroids for lack of a better word, but you know, there's a, I think a truth in that that's hard to deny. I think a lot of people are limited on time and resources as we were talking about. And so there is a nice shortcut to saying, Hey, I'm going to, you know, basically, um, Christina is going to be the person that I go to for, for filtering the things that I don't have time to filter. So if she's recommending a great product, Hey, perfect. Right. Um, I, I trust that. So, you know, we still see that being a huge, huge part of our business and probably the most successful, um, easy to call out, uh, platforms and kind of where, where customers are is definitely changing whether that be on Facebook or TikTok or who knows where, but um, for us, it's really important to really come back to remembering where our core demographics are and they're listening to podcasts. They're on social for sure, more on Instagram, more on TikTok, less on Facebook still. Um, We have a, you know, a really important kind of older demographic that's more on, on Facebook and, you know, more like my mom's um, generation that's still on there, but less so still, which is surprising. So definitely seeing a shift there. And then like buying habits, I think the other interesting thing is watching promotion. So, you know, really last year we got into more of a promotion rhythm um, and, you know, that was also emulated by retail in general. So really big, you know, like every other day, I feel like there's a huge promotion on like West Allen and any company that you like are in their email, right? Of So it's like um, really watching consumer behavior around that. And what I'm excited about is moving much more um, and in in some ways returning to programs and programmatic consumer behaviors, which would be like, hey, we're launching a focus on digestion. You know, here's the digestion kit. It's going to be a quarter long focus or a month long focus. And so it's more like seasonality coming back rather than just nonstop discounting and promotions, which has Mm -hmm. been like so heavy in our industry. And again, something that we were aware of last year and mindful of running just higher promotions than, than general. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that people are resonating more with like seasonality? I mean, to some degree, I, th- I think it helps with overwhelm, right? Cause there's one yeah. thing of, Hey, is this the right time to buy this right product or not? Um, and so I think it helps reduce some of that overwhelm. It helps also give kind of a macro sense of this is the right fit, the right, the right thing to buy now. And, and I think so importantly, what I actually enjoy addressing is I think absolutely kind of like ridiculous assumption that we all are, are buying all these products all the time, especially in our space, like supplements and wellness. And we can't possibly take all them all the time. And we can't possibly connect the benefit of those products to the results we're receiving. So I think it's so essential actually to say, you know, hey, take less things more intentionally and really ask the question of, is what I'm taking working? And if you're not sure, take time off of it, right? Which is like so, so, so um clearly why we're dedicated to clinical dose ingredients in our products so that you're not just taking them because you're not sure, (laughs) you know, you're Mm -hmm. taking them because you want to see a a health benefit. You know, you really want to make positive change and feel your best. Um, I think, you know, if you opened your cabinets, you'd 
a lot of people have a lot of things in there. And so um, the seasonality would be a way to also decrease overwhelm and increase a bit more of intention around what we put in our bodies. So coming back to some of the fundamentals and saying, hey, seasonally focus on these products is totally fine. If you want to take 10 a day, most people don't. <laughs> yeah, they I mean, don't. You know. I do though. <laughs> I, know, like, I, I, I might be okay with that, but like, you know, most people it's a little overwhelming and then yeah. it's also hard to know if something's working. So I really want to address that, that kind of oversaturation of products and supplementation. Uh, Cause there's so much available and so many options. And by the minute, you know, we, like, like you said, the industry is totally, the landscape is totally different than when we came, we started 10 years ago. We had like no competition. No one was here. And now, you know, every other week, a new brand's popping up. And I think about that from the consumer lens of like, and kind of our community and customer base, you and my, my parents are consistently asking like, Hey, what do you think about this product? We saw a YouTube ad. I'm like, Oh my God, you know, it's a lot to filter. So in many ways, I think as, as a responsibility, you know, and something that you do so well and our partners do so well with us um, and what we're responsible for is filtering, right. And saying like, Hey, let us help you <laughs> focus on based on what you need to accomplish, what you want to accomplish, your goals, what to take. So I really, I'm excited for that evolution in our industry and excited for brands to, you know, be inspired to help customers and help community better than we have in the past. I think the last era was pretty intense. Yeah. Intense is a good word. I mean, I think overwhelm is is the roadblock from every direction, like for for everyone, honestly, you know, and I, that's why trust is so important, right? Because when you trust somebody, I mean, I think about my own behaviors and I was thinking about this last week because what I noticed about myself is a friend will text me a product and then be like, you need this. And I go and I buy it. And then I respond and I go, why? Why? (laughs) and and how how will I know I know there's like (laughs) that that's so funny there's a a set of questions one is just like you know looking at the cabinet of things that you take every day and asking like hey is this working for me and in general like hey close my eyes take a minute do I feel better than normal right or do I feel better than I than I did before taking all these yes or no super basic if you're not sure though looking at rating on a scale. I always say it's like, Hey, super basic. What we used to do with our coaching groups. Like it's not fancy. You don't need an app for this. You don't need anything, but like take a pen and paper, a journal piece of paper, right? Super basic. And just asking <laughs> on a scale of one to 10, how satisfied am I? How happy am I with my current level of energy, sleep, digestion? You could even focus on an area you're worried about. Maybe it's like libido or weight loss, like something in particular but just really basic scale and say, am I feeling better than I was a month ago or last week or yesterday, you know, but as you're taking new things, making sure that, Hey, I'm taking this for my digestion. I find that I need to like recap with my head of pride. I'm like, why am I taking this again? Right. If, if she recommended something and, and just making sure that I'm taking it for the benefit that I'm anticipating one, as we talked about with where you're focusing, right. Cause you're looking for the results that you're anticipating. You're a hundred times more likely to see them when you're looking for them, I promise you. <laughs> this is true. This is, this is very true. Uh, well with, okay. I'm curious how that translates for you in terms of being a CEO, because I think it's really helpful to learn about like, okay, as a CEO, what is your role? Like, like where is your time best well spent and with an endless to-do list, how are you managing that? Cause that can be a very easy space to get overwhelmed in. 
So <laughs> I, know, I, lo- I love this question because I feel like I ask myself this every day. Yeah. <laughs> What's my job? Um, no, I'm consistently looking at it. And, and I think but better said, I'm consistently evaluating truly what is the, the highest way that I can serve my role at the company. I think the easiest way to answer that is first from the people perspective. So regardless if you have the best strategy, you know, the best go-to-market plan, the best new product, none of that matters if the team is not functional. None of that matters if there's an issue that isn't resolved on the team. If there is, um, you know, basically like um, the people make the business work. (laughs) The people make everything happen. So our team is first and foremost, everything, which is why, like my favorite definition of my role is managing the energy of the business. And that relates to our team, our dynamic, um, regardless of even the skill set of team members, it's still designing the business to function best with exactly what that team is. And that's been like the most challenging and enjoyable and exciting and gut-wrenching and I think like uh, fascinating adventure I've ever been on. quite honestly. Uh, And it's not something to be solved. That's the toughest part about it. It's just something to like to manage. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what has that like brought up for you personally? (laughs) Oh, I mean, self-doubt for sure. Like, am I making the right call with this? Do I see the potential clearly enough with this person? Am I playing this person's strengths well enough? Am I serving the business's needs along with my needs right in the seat? It brings up a lot. It brings up also like probably the most gratification possible when we have a team working well, right? So as we solve the dynamic in one team or another or across the whole business, it's beautiful. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. so beautiful and like, it makes it all worth it. So I think it brings up and challenges kind of all my strengths, shows all my weaknesses for sure. The areas where, you know, I, I really need support from the team and or advisors I'm consistently getting, I'll say getting instead of having, getting to look at that because it's right in my face, right? It's, um, you know, it's ultimately my role is responsible for the company's performance and that's based on the team's ability to deliver. And so it's both and. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious like what practices you have or boundaries you have that allow you to stay more grounded and balanced in the role because it's like, it can feel like so much responsibility, right? Like you're kind of like the center point <laughs> uh, <laughs> and every, you're feeling that energy, right? If you think about the energy of the business, like the CEO, everybody's energetically connected to you, all moving pieces. So that can feel like, a, you know, a lot of people crumble under that. And so what do you do to, to set up boundaries for yourself with, with the business uh, or any practices you have to keep yourself grounded? Mm, well, I'll share... This year, what really shifted, and and you know, I think this is this is something I'm consistently getting to look at. It's definitely part of like enjoying this role or not. You know, I, and I think for some people, whether they own their own business or they aspire to be a CEO, it's really important to look at that because it does make the difference, right? Your ability to manage the stress of the role and or even perceive it as such, right? Um, so this year, I got the really important reminder of, and I think for boundaries, for like energetic boundaries how important perspective is and what's important. Um, That sounds a little redundant, but essentially my sister had her first baby, went through a really challenging childbirth. And so my family kind of went into emergency mode. It was right when the company was going through a reorganization. And we had, we had like a lot, I had a lot of stress on both sides and it was such a beautiful 
grounding reminder of ultimately my family being the most important thing. And even as I was in the stress of both, it was the reminder that the role, right? The business is not me. And, and as much as my family isn't me, it's still a more innate part of what I will find and consistently see as more important. And so, and I think it's like, you know, where you see probably executives lose their health or, um, you know, go out of balance because they've forgotten this part of, Hey, if, you know, if you are not managing the things that are most important in your life, your health, your family, your well-being, then there is no job to be done. There is no business to be managed. It was such an important grounding reminder that helped me also um, right-size the stress of the business to see, ooh, it isn't the world falling on me, right? And how much more important was my, you know, my sister and my beautiful nephew now and you know, our family at that time. And to be able to show up actually a hundred percent for my family while balancing the business, totally possible. If I had imagined those were both immovable, stressful forces that I couldn't fully address either, man, I I probably would have crumbled. I wouldn't have survived that experience. And so I think the learning in that is really grounding in what is truly important to me and then to do my best to serve the needs of the business. The business needs me fully present and fully balanced in that to even be able to do my job. And so if I start imagining the business stress as more than it really is, business stress, uh, it it becomes impossible. So that was more for balancing stress was keeping the, um, and and I think a practice that's really served me in that. And again, this is more a personal example, but really, really daily strong connection with my family. So I send a gratitude text message to my mom, just a list of what I'm grateful for the day. She does the same thing to me at night. That's a really nice way to stay really well connected to my mom and dad. And then we do like a Marco Polo with my my sister and my mom, which is like a video exchange in the morning. So I'm, I'm just like, re- again, bookending, right? But really keeping the perspective balanced. Um, and then I, I see my sister, she lives in um, like 20 minutes away with her husband and their baby, uh, like two or three times a week. So it's just a super good reminder and being able to action the balancing of family and work totally key for me. So whether it's, you know, someone's personal health in that instance, where they're prioritizing self-care over maybe crazy working hours, but actioning the balance is the way to, I think, right-size the perception of business stress or stress in the role. And then boundaries is the other part of that, second part of that, whole other part. Boundaries has been a really fascinating and Part of that is addressed in in that first answer around the perspective, but boundaries has been so interesting for me to learn. And so much of that has come down to me understanding what I need, asking for it (laughs) um, and designing it in the business and then really balancing the relationship with the founders. So our board of advisors and myself. And that's just been a a beautiful experience and learning. And and so she has the business evolves, being able to be dynamic as a a human being (laughs) to say, hey, right now, you know, this is what I need, or right now I can commit to this or I can't. Um, So a lot of authenticity around boundaries, I think is required. Speaking your truth. There we go. I, I think that, well, that's so powerful, especially when you said that being able to balance both is possible. Like I can balance the business and my personal life because I feel like a lot of people in the entrepreneurship space have just decided they can't like, and there's a lot of that talk in that space of, well, you're just going to have to like grind really hard and work long hours and you're not going to have a work-life balance. And I, 
I hate that. Like if you've decided that, then of course it's going to be your reality, you know? So I, and, and there are a lot of entrepreneurs and CEOs who listen to the show and for like with my practice energy work, like that's who I work with are different CEOs and they come in and they say that, right? They're like, it, well, I know that being a CEO means I'm not going to be able to have these relationships. And I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would totally challenge that. And I'm not saying that they should, cause it's easy, but mm-hmm. I, I believe that, um, same with like, you know, work-life balance, I think it's work-life integration. Mm-hmm. And so how, how do you do that? Um, I, I think it takes a ton of intentionality and the, the more painful part of that balancing is when I, for me personally, if I don't show up for my family and if I say, you know, oh, I can't because of work, that's actually the energetic spot that feels the worst. So I'm much more balanced at work when I am able to address the basically creating balance, harmonizing the different parts of my life. Uh, if I didn't have that balance or the ability to serve, whether it was my self-care or my family or the other thing, let's say the non-business side, whatever someone wants to call that, I would inherently be out of balance inherently. If everything was here in business, I mean, yeah, I I don't think I would be able to make sound decisions, be creative, come from an open space, like even being open-minded if everything was the business. So I I think it helps my perspective and and to stay present. I mean, at worst, right? Um, and it's it's uh, such a thing to personally design. I think it's so idiosyncratic, right? It's such a thing to be individualized for each of us. But man, I, I couldn't sign up for the, um, it has to only be work. Yeah. Well, and then that that presence is felt by everybody else in the company, right? And I know that it's super important at Organifi, like the, like the culture, is, is so important to important and the, the mental, spiritual health, physical health as well of everybody who works at the company, I know is so important to you guys. Uh, and I would love to hear like, how do you support the whole team in feeling grounded, coming together and staying aligned with the mission? Cause I feel like, you know, you're in the day-to-day stuff with the business and it can be really easy to kind of forget the larger mission right? And like, get like, forget your why just in the process of the busyness. So how do you keep everybody aligned with that bigger mission and keep that culture? I know it's such a, it's such a thing to be consistently nurtured. Um, and over time, like it's totally evolved and it consistently does too. So something to keep asking is how are we keeping the culture present upfront and alive? And there's a couple of things very tactically, our daily huddle, we have customers come on and share their stories. Our new hires, we have them share their why, right? So why they came to the company, why they, you know, believe in the mission. Um, And then we consistently um, on those daily huddles shout kind of like do cop being awesomes, but also, um, and that's like shouting out a team member for impact that's related to our core values. So we're consistently looking at anchoring back into this because it's so important to remind ourselves the same way that like in the morning I'm stretching and I'm uh, setting an intention. I'm like, that's, that's like the, the grooving of this, right? The purpose and intention of why we do what we do. So I think it has to be operationalized in many ways, which is very tactical, but it gets to be part of how you run the business um, or how you run your company. 
Otherwise, um, it's definitely not a set it and forget it, right? To use like a cliche. Mm -hmm. Then on the other side, we, and as you asked, like, how, how am I responsible for that? I leverage a lot of support for that. So we have a VP of performance and coaching, that's Lisa. And if I show up to a morning huddle and my energy sucks, she's going to tell me, <laughs> she's going to call me and say, yo, May, what's going on? And I got to <laughs> own my shit. Like, you know, I'm like, oh my God, my energy is so shitty. And she's like, why don't you go like take a minute reset, but like, don't show up to the team that way. Right. Like it is felt. And so I, and especially right now with, you know, then just being in this seat, I need a lot more support. So it requires a, a bit of self-awareness and especially like owning up to the fact that like, Hey, last call, I am so sorry. I like, I showed up that way. Um, we now do a, more consistently. We've done it in, in the past or so bringing it back more consistently as kind of a clearing in the first start of the call, which is like, Hey, does anyone need to clear anything energetically? We do a quick check-in and that can really help surface things. So if a team member, you know, like maybe their dog went to the, the vet's office and they're like, they are literally stressed and a wreck. I want to know, right. Cause I don't want to drill in on accountability and not be human about it. So um, I think it takes operationalizing culture into the company and then being really, really um, able and supported for self-awareness and how we're showing up. Of course, feedback, you always, I'm sure, hear that. But being um, able to lovingly give someone feedback about how they're showing up really protects the culture as well. Yeah, and I feel like what's so unique about Organifi that I love is that it just feels like personal development and spiritual health is naturally embedded in everything you do you know, and I, I like, the, so when I went to that Organifi office, that was like when I met everybody, right. Cause I'm there. And I, and I, I, I was saying, I was like, it's so interesting. Cause this is, you know, like healthy food product supplement company. And I love all the health stuff, but everybody here is so spiritual. Like these are my people, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's part of the culture, you know? So like, how do you think that contributes to the company's success? It's everything. I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, as much as you hear, and I'll, I'll like start with a cliche, right? You bring in mission aligned people, but um, really what that translates to is your team creates the culture as much as like an entrepreneur starting a company maybe has these ideals they start the business with the human beings that make up your company ultimately create the culture, just like a yogurt in a jar, like literally like, you know, a, a sourdough starter in the container. Like that's what it is, whether you like it or not. It's not like the, you know, culture poster your people have, or like the idea of the culture. It is what it is. So I think it's so important to consistently, and we, we really work diligently to remind our team members of the why that they designed when they came in. I made like a video, I think with Drew originally was like my identity, the reason why I was um, working with him. And, and he would share it with me all the time. <laughs> like, don't forget this. Don't forget this. And it was so, so critical. Cause like, I think it's so easy to lose sight of that. Right. Which is like their, their intentionality for doing what we do. So with our team members, one, they come in and like even our, our part of our interviewing process is core around a culture screen, right? If, if they don't pass the culture screen, they don't join the team. Like it's, it's literally a trump card. My, my team has, has, you know, vetoed multiple candidates. I'm like, it's a great person, but they don't pass the culture screen. And I know very well what that normally equates to is someone, you know, like a fish out of water in the team. And so if they don't share the beliefs around personal development, recognizing that what we put in our body is as equal to and the same value as what we put in our mind. 
right? So it's physical, non-physical spirituality, like all this is the same thing. Um, it's equal. And so team members are really, you know, coming in, they're lit up about personal development and, and radically changing their lives, not just by the great products we make, but and that's the easiest way, right? That's like our gateway <laughs> to personal development for so many people is, Hey, green juice sitting on your counter, um, can represent a healthy habit, something you've done for yourself, self-care, right. Um, to support your, you know, living presently in your best. Mm-hmm. But yeah, critically with the team, I think it's the consistent reminders and those that have come here being tuned in as part of hiring and onboarding and then even career development and uh, leadership, leadership development, all of those things being tied back to core values and mission. Yeah, embed it and and be willing to change it. We just revamped our core values. Um, I think it was like now a quarter ago. And I love that. I'm like, they're alive. They're alive. So are we. <laughs> they came back. <laughs> fresh, yeah. fresh, fresh start. No, you know I, what I mean like yeah. that they're alive and that they're dynamic. Like yeah. you know, they, they get to have some some fresh air breathed mm-hmm. into them and evolved over time. Those that like were so true 10 years ago, like certainly are dusty. Yeah. <laughs> Let's modernize them. You know, I think one of our core values right now is own your shit, which I'm like, I don't know if I like that language, you guys. The team loves it. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, know. I love good. that. It was like, used to like radiating responsibility and now it's on yeah. your shit. I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's, let's go, go team. Blunt, direct. No, I, yeah, I love I like that. It. That's what I love about you guys, but it's good, you know, to get that revamping, keeping everybody aligned with the mission and like, you can feel it, you know, and I feel like with different products I use, different companies, like I can, I can feel the energy of the company, the culture, like through the product itself. And we think about all this, like the psychology of marketing. And I'm like, like the energetics of marketing is more interesting to me. And there's a reason why, right? Like you can have like the highest quality content. It could be really great content and it's not landing because the energy is inauthentic behind it. It's like non-resonant, it's empty you know? Uh, so it really, it makes a huge difference for sure. Thank you for know that like our partners we work with are a huge part of that. And what creates that, I think that energetic coherence, right? You talk about, um, the felt experience of our product. And if there's inconsistencies or incongruencies, whether it be, you know, a, a quality drop off, um, if they're talking about the importance of, you know, research and quality on the product itself doesn't actually have that integrity, or, you know, maybe the canister it's made out of is like, horrible BPA plastic or like destroying the world or something. If that congruency isn't felt throughout or congruence, I guess you'd say, isn't felt throughout, um, it's disruptive of that energy. So part of the reason 10 years ago, we were educating on and speaking to organic, why today we talk about glyphosate residue free and why we're committed to consistently improving the packaging, right? It's a, um, a sugarcane canister. So it's sequestering carbon out of the atmosphere. It's improving, you know, the atmosphere. Our worst, our, you know, our worst pro- uh, product packaging is PCR. So post-consumer plastic. And so really looking to be on the, on the cutting edge of that by design, like how we run the businesses with that mindset, even the vendors we work with are those that are improving the environment, whether it be through, you know, clean ocean policies or you name it, because we have the ability to do that. So I think as a business owner, looking at, you know, the, from your product through operations, how do you design your business to have integrity and have the impact that you're, you know, hoping for? And just being really clear on the intentionality for that because it's felt. So thank you for calling that out. It's a huge, you know, and we don't necessarily market that, but maybe we will someday. I hope so. <laughs> we will. So we'll you know. should. 
but um, I'm glad it's felt a really, really key part of, and, you know, we take the products, obviously I take them every day, but my, my family does too, you know, our neighbors and stuff. So it's something that, um, yeah, there has to be integrity and, and authenticity there. Yeah, no, it's, it's felt. And, and the fact, yeah, it's like everybody, <laughs> you guys actually use all of the products, you know, <laughs> uh, they're all, they're all so good. And I always joke, I'm like, I bleed Organifi. Cause I will literally, I'm like, I will just like, my whole diet is Organifi. <laughs> I was saying to my friend, I was like, yeah, I think all, most of my calories come from Organifi at this point, to be honest, but, but it is felt. And going back to the overwhelm piece, like for me, my intuition is guiding me. It's like, it's like, I, I can just feel the energy of, of something and if it's resonant or not. And I, I don't need to explain it. And with so many options out there, like you can just, you just know, right. And then how is my body responding? Cause that's the other piece. It's like my body responds really well to things that have that integrity, authenticity, like the, the quality. And I mean, I'm, that's a whole other conversation is people make all kinds of claims, right. About the quality of something. And is it so right? Like, like sourcing, we really have to pay attention to um, and you can't always trust packaging, but for me, I'm like, listen to your body. Cause your body will tell you if they're bullshitting you is how I feel. No, no. And, and that's, that's, I think the, the most consistently available thing to come yeah. back to at any time, especially if you're not sure if you're trying a new product, um, listen to your body. And, and, and I think like our human ability to get back to that intuitive state um, and to begin to understand our body language in many ways, right? Our body is speaking to us all the time. And I, I believe that, you know, in ancient times and in, you know, long ago, we were way more tuned into this, whether it was, you know, Native Americans or, or any other culture that really, I mean, survived by this in many ways. They didn't have all the gadgets and tools and, you know, advertising and marketing to tell us what, what we should expect to feel. They just had their bodies. And so I think it's such a good reminder to come back to how am I feeling, right? How does this feel in my body? Does my energy feel better? And using that as your guiding compass and getting practice doing that, just asking the question, right? 100% adapting the routines. Well, yeah. <laughs> I know we're, we're wrapping up here and I'm curious, like what is, what's new for like with Organifi, what's coming up next? What are you guys working on? What's happening right now? So, well, what I'm really excited about is with partners creating some products. So we are coming out with some really exciting products um, and really getting to collaborate on those, which is such a joy. Like we're consistently looking at how do we expand relationship rather than how do we, rather than saying, how do we grow business, right? It's like, how do we expand relationship with our customers, with our partners, with our vendors, like what's possible in this relationship. So I'm really excited about our product pipeline. I'm also really excited about the um, adjusted kind of support and messaging around what we're recommending now. And for instance, like if we just kicked off fall, right, we're about to come into the holiday season, which is typically a really naturally high stress time. So if you looked at like, you know, human health seasons, cold and flu season, holiday season, it's a time when like Traditionally, we experience a bunch of undue stress, right? It's like oh, our family is stressing us out. Ah, travel is stressing us out. Different, you know, a changed routine. Many families just went back to school, right? Their kids are now back in school. And I've been hearing about um, schedules that blow my mind. <laughs> like so much like carpooling everywhere. And I have so much uh, respect for parents. And so in that, I think it's a really cool time to consider, hey, with all of this outward energy, with all of this additional stress, what can my self-care routine look like? How can I also improve that? In the same way that we talked about balancing personal life 
you know, crisis on both sides, business and, and family balancing the two is actually the beautiful experience of life. So right now, as we prepare for likely a slightly more personally stressful time, maybe closing out the year in your business is stressful too. What if you took a moment today and paused and thought, how do I design success? How do I set myself up to win? How do I, you know, support myself 10% better this season? And yes, it could look like, you know, getting some adaptogen to support your health and wellness from Organifi for sure. Focusing on the basics. It could also look like setting up a massage and scheduling it now, right? Once a month, Um, setting up a walk with your family or a good friend or something, something to support your self-care and, and really set yourself up to be less stressed this holiday and to kick off, you know, 2023 in a beautiful way. So I'm really, I'm excited to bring that back. I'm excited to support our community, our partners, our team, myself in doing this this year. Love that so much. Intentionality. All comes back to intentionality. Well, I actually just one more quick question before we finally end, which is what's the product you feel like not enough people have their hands on? Liver Reset. So it's one of our capsule products, which is always kind of like a black sheep at Organifi since we pride ourselves in the best tasting, delicious superfood blends. This is a capsule product. I absolutely love this product for two reasons. One, it's a beautiful metabolism reset. It has a, a, an incredible blend of artichoke and uh, milk thistle. So like a really, really nice uh, way to support your liver's natural function. And the great reminder of how powerful your liver is. It's like the master, master organ, master, master, master organ for metabolism. So especially preparing for the holiday, beautiful way to just do like a liver reset, um, support your body's master organ, metabolizing nutrients, your metabolism in general, that one. And I take it also anytime we're about to um, go out for a cocktail or enjoy a dinner out. I absolutely love taking a liver reset beforehand. So I'll give my liver a little bit of extra support. Um, and that's just like, Hey, I'm going to, again, give my body um, the right setup for success before having food that I wouldn't normally eat or before having alcohol that I wouldn't normally drink. So it's like such a cool way, especially pre-holiday. Um, it's a super simple product, really convenient to travel with too. So liver reset is our beautiful highlight of a black sheep product. That's like so good. Love that. Yeah. I love that product. It's I've good. tried so many different liver like support um, yeah. capsules and it works really well. So there we go. Everybody gets out, especially before going to the holidays. <laughs> Yeah, give your liver some love. Oh man, but get get your hands on everything, everyone. You know, I I just only live off Organifi. Uh, but this was so amazing. I'm so grateful for you and and grateful that you took the time and shared everything uh, that you did today. And I could, I mean, I could talk to you for for hours. So thank you for being here. And I mean, everybody already knows. But do you want to just share again where everybody can learn more from Organifi? shop, find all the things. Yeah. Just Organifi.com is, is where you can find us. You can always DM us on Instagram at Organifi, of course. And then if, yeah, send me a DM on LinkedIn. That's typically the best. Um, but happy to field any additional follow-up questions to always open and appreciate your audience so much. Um, what you've built, Christina, I feel like our, our conversation was like well overdue, but everything's in divine timing. So it must be perfect. And just really grateful for the time together and the conversation. Thank you. So amazing. I'm glad we finally did this. So thank you again. It was so great. 
Huge thank you to May for coming on the podcast and sharing so much wisdom. I loved having her on and definitely want to have her back. Don't forget, if you want to check out any of Organifi's products, you can head to Organifi.com slash CTC and my code CTC will get you 20% off. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash CTC. That code will get you 20% off. And you can also connect with Organifi on Instagram at Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I. Head to my Instagram account at Christina, the channel to check out the giveaway if you want to be entered to win green, gold, and harmony, three of my favorite products. And if you did enjoy this episode, be sure to take a screenshot, share it to social, tag me, tag at Christina, the channel podcast, and of course, tag Organifi. That is going to be it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have an incredible rest of your day and I will chat with you again next time.